heresy, and betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the War Master Horus and his three brothers, Materian, Fulgrim, and Angron, against the innocent hive world of Estvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favored son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionnaires survived the onslaught thanks to quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free is fun. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Radio Free Istvan. This is Michael coming out live from Texas. I also have my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, you want to say what's up? What's going on, guys? And he's coming out of Indianapolis. How's the weather yep. up there, Ryan? It's not bad. Well, by not bad, I mean it's like mid-80s with like such high humidity. It feels like 105 out. But that's just normal for here this time of year. So a lot of people come here and um, they see the mosquitoes that are the size of your hand and the humidity that's literally like walking around in a swimming pool and they don't much care for it. <laughs> but I'm used to it. So it's not that bad. Dude, that's pretty much Texas, man. Like our humidity is on a low day, like 82%. But because we're like, we're, we're like coastal, we're like coastal right. Texas. So it's like 82 plus. So like we have 100% humidity like all the time. Oh yeah. And, uh, this This time of year, it's like that here. But I mean, right now we've had so much rain here lately that it's like it, right now I think it's like seventy five degrees outside, but it is like it's pretty nice weather for for what it normally is this time of year. So yeah, we've been in we've been roughly low to mid eighties for the last couple of weeks, and then like you said, a hundred about basically a hundred percent humidity with have rain getting, rain about every third day. Y'all have y'all been getting the same rain that we have like the quite a bit of rain um which that doesn't i mean it sucks when it rains like day after day after day but like i said it's been raining pretty hard about every third day and then you get two days off of it it's not that bad i gotcha yeah it's like uh like uh what do you call it state of emergency for like some towns down here in texas right now just from like being flooded and there's people doing stupid ass shit like drive trying to drive their cars through flooded creeks that like are at hundred year highs. <laughs> like, right. And then they float down the river and then, yeah, it's a mess. We had that here not that long ago. I don't have to deal with too much of that. I'm up on the ridge line of a hill. So I'm like at a hundred or a thousand foot above sea level. So the town that I live next to the court, the roof of the courthouse is like 165 feet below me. So if my house ever floods, we're on some uh, like biblical level shit that there's more problems to worry about than having a little flooding in my basement. I like how, like, somehow you know how much lower the courthouse is than you. (laughs) I checked it. That's funny you brought that up. I was curious to see how tall this was, so I actually took my uh, GPS unit down and stood in the uh, uh, parking lot of the courthouse and got the the elevation there and then uh, looked up how tall the the spire on the courthouse was and then came up to my house and did the same thing with my gps and just did the math so yeah dude that's like honestly that that is like some borderline like you ever seen that movie sniper with matt no shooter (laughs) shooter with matt damon like i feel like that's that's what you're really covering up like you're planning like some president assassination in like 20 like 28 
And you're like, I, I don't know. I got to get this information now. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. It was more, I was trying to save myself $250. When we built this house, you have to have like a flood survey. And all it is is some asshole that sits and looks at a topographic map and charges you like $250 to say yes or no, you aren't in a floodplain, which I think is horseshit. And the problem is when you buy the property itself, you have to do that. And then if you build a house on the same property, they have to do the same thing again. So I was like, I had to pay this asshole like $600 to do that twice. And I'm like, dude, like I'm like giving him all these facts. Like just like, why are you chart? Like it's common sense. I'm not in a floodplain. I wasn't in a floodplain two years ago when I was at like sea levels haven't risen 800 feet. (laughs) Why I got to pay another $300 or whatever it is. So that's why I know that. I was just curious. We have a a hill that's basically the same height as this one. It's part of the same chain of hills. Um, Southern Indiana is very hilly. It's supposedly where the glaciers stopped from where they came down from the north. So it's like where all the material and stuff pushed up. So northern Indiana is flat as shit. Southern, middle, and central. Central Indiana and southern Indiana are very hilly. So we have a we have one of these like the hill that I'm on is totally wooded, and like I said, it's like a thousand foot above sea level. But it's like it's hard to tell because there's so many trees. But we have a hill at the park that they've cleared they've cleared off two sides of it, and it's like the best place for sledding that I've ever seen. Like people go over there in the winter time. And I like, it's actually dangerous. Like there's usually a death like every other year because people go down the wrong side and hit the perimeter fence around the pool or hit a light pole or something like that. But you're flying. I mean, this hill is almost straight up and down and there's no trees on the actual hill itself. And it's super tall. Um, So I was curious in relation to that hill, how tall mine was. So I had my GPS out one day. And I went over there and checked the height of that. And then I was like, well, I'm driving through town anyway, so I might as well check like what the the center of town is the courthouse. So I just went there to check the elevation on that. And then I went back to my house to check just to see the difference. I was bored or something. I don't know. And you just retained that knowledge. You just kept yep. it. You just held on yep. to it. Yep. The more you know. So you're, you're not an assassin. No. Nope. Now that I've wasted 10 minutes of everybody's time so they know the uh, sea level elevation of my house in relation to the courthouse in Martinsville. If, you, if you're ever worried about whether or not your models are going to get flooded if you go play at uh, Mallet's or what's your, what's your little <laughs> battle, game? Battle Mallet Game Club. You battle Mallet's, you're fine. Don't worry. You're not going to get flooded. Nope. <laughs> it's, safe. it's safe here. Your models are safe with me. Just mail them all here. That's so that's the best intro we've ever had. <laughs> so, guys, going on to the podcast, we are actually we have a we have a pretty cool lineup for you. We got our hobby progress. We're going to be working on. We're going to talk a touch base on the Escalation League, uh, where it's at right now. We are officially inside the Escalation League. It's it's officially started as of June first. So we're there. We got a lot of people coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and then at the end of the podcast, we're actually going to go over a Blood Angels list that was submitted by Jason. So I guess we'll go ahead and hop into it right now. Let's go into hobby progress. Ryan, what have you been working on, buddy? 
Um, I've been working on Blood Angel Predators. We got uh, Gen Con is going to be upon us soon, which is here in Indianapolis. And my buddy Austin is uh, submitted an event to do a team, a doubles team event for 30k. I love team um, events, dude. At Gen Con, so look for that soon. If you guys are coming to Gen Con, you uh, want to go to it. He submitted it, but it's like going through the final approval processes right now. So it looks like it's going to be approved, but it's not going to be available to like sign up for it probably for another couple weeks. But definitely keep looking for it. Um, I'm planning on going. My buddy Chris is going to be my partner. I think it's 1,250 points per person. So that means when you add it together, your team will be 2,500 points. So I need to get my uh, at least a portion of my Blood Angels done for that. So I'm running a armored breakthrough list. So I'm painting a bunch of predators to be my troop choices for that event. So I just, I already have three done and I'm just about to finish the fourth. And I got one more after that. And dude, I love team events. Do you get to know who your partner is before you go? Yes. You get to pick your partner. Oh, that's so good. I'm, I'm all about team events. Like anything, like if you can get like a buddy together and y'all just like get ready to go kick some ass. Love it. Every every team event that's out there. Like, just because it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you're going to have a good time with your buddy. Yep, should be fun. Um, the nice thing, like, uh, Chris Chris selected me. Like, when the, he saw the event first, and I got a text message. It's like, hey, you want to be on my team? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But, yes. <laughs> Lucky you. So, uh, he's going to play Iron Hands, and I'm going to play Blood Angels. Um, should be fun. So that's what I've been working on. And then I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show, but we got that uh, Global Escalation League uh, coming up. So I'm starting to build models for that as well. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll split up that talk separately. That way that way we can have some content to talk about that area. Right. So what are you working on? Man, uh, as much as I hate to say it, man, I haven't gotten a whole lot done. I... Got a uh, Relic Contemporary, because I'm also working on Blood Angels, not for a cool team event, though. This is just going to be my uh, my next list that's going to be, that I'm going to, it's going to basically be my like go-to list. Uh, it's a Blood Angels, if, you, if you've heard our last episode, you already know I'm working on a uh, Blood Angel Fury of the Ancients list, a uh, bunch of Dreadnoughts. Uh, so I... Got a relic contemptor dreadnought. He's fully painted. He's a hundred percent now. Uh, um, basically, at this point, I'm just waiting for an order of uh, two ironclads from Forge World. So I got that painted in the interim. But I also have been working on my my escalation league list. So got my 500 point list. I'm actually kind of sweating. Uh, because you know you want to do so much, you want it to be as cool as you want, but it's also an escalation league, so you have to have it ready by a certain time. And I'm kind of at this like weird point where it's like, man, I've got to either shit or get off the the pot, you know? Yeah. So, well, so cry me like, a river, buddy, because I'm doing militia and my army has over 200 models in it. I know, right? I'm like, I'm playing like, <laughs> like it's a shit because, like, I mean, we'll just go into escalation stuff right now. I mean, honestly, I'm playing Dark Mechanicum, right? So I go with this Dark Mechanicum army. I have this idea that I'm going to run this Dark Mechanicum list that is basically going to be, like, 
it's going to be an Archmagos who is left on this planet, right? And he's got all these like half-ass Mechanicum Automata around him that he's like repairing and gets back into gets back into service and everything like that. And he's just like so salty that he got left behind, even though he knows that it was the the right thing to do. So he's just like on this like you know rampage against the uh, the normal Mechanicum, and so. You know, ideally, I wanted him to kind of have this uh, this mindset. Like, I wanted the story to basically be that he was stuck on this planet, rebuilds everybody around him, but on top of that, you know, he needs help and he gets it. He just he just doesn't have enough hands, so he's got to you know use the help of like the local the local people, and so they start forming this like barbaric worshiping of the automata. And so, and, you know, he starts realizing, okay, well, fuck, I don't got, like, oil or I don't have, you know, lubricants, so I'm going to need, you know, blood and stuff to <laughs> to, to lubricate my automata. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I can trick these uh, these locals into believing that these are, like, gods and, you know, I'll, I'll program my automata to be, you know, feral maybe. And so basically my whole list is going to be this like really dark, nasty Mechanicum list that's uh, that's going to be like feral automata with uh, like cult worshippers behind them. So to keep them running, like it's not going to be so much like my Magos isn't going to have the the necessary um, the necessary tools to load out a bunch of tech priest. So he's got to just like basically count on all these little like cult worshippers to to do what they can to fix what they can. So, but they're willing to give everything for it to save their gods. It sounds pretty rad. Yeah, dude, I'm actually like super excited. We were talking about it a little bit before it started. Uh, I got some ideas from your word bearers army. Cause you had all the candles and you sweet, sweet, like books and stuff. And he actually pointed me to a company called tabletop art. And I ordered some like runic bases. I ordered some uh, candles, some books, some skulls. It's just some stuff to decorate out my uh, my my mechanicum with. And I ordered that five days ago. And you know when you order stuff from like out of country, you just kind of expect it's gonna be like a month before you see it. So in my head, like I was like shitting bricks. I was like, fuck, dude. Like I'm gonna order this stuff. I'm going to have to wait till like the thousand points of the escalation league in July before I get to actually like use any of it. And like, so I'm just going to have to paint what I got now and then decorate it later. But it came in, like it came in today, like middle of us recording earlier. Like it just boom, like five days tabletop art comes in, get my, all my bases. I'm looking at them right now. I'm actually putting a Thalax together, like as we speak, but like super excited. Like like if if y'all are looking for some sweet ass like stuff, I'll take some pictures of like what I'm putting together and post it up uh with the link on our website. Uh but this is some sweet stuff and it came in super fast in time for the escalation league. It's like he knew. Yeah. The guy, knew. The, the guy has some legit stuff. Um I've talked to him a little bit on Gmail whenever my word bearers won best painted in the narrative for the trader mm-hmm. side. And I uh, made sure to write him an email to thank him for making cool products because I really, I really honestly like. He didn't give it to me. Uh, I'm not getting paid to say it or anything like that. It was just I really felt like his bits 
you know, put my army over the top. Like I looked for stuff online to be all witchy poo or whatever. And after several Google searches, just looking at images, I found some of his products and really liked them. And I ordered it and they just turned out so well. Um, the army looked so good that I, you know, I felt I wanted to thank him. So I just sent him a, an email uh, with a link to the story about my army that spiky bits did and pictures of it and stuff like that. And he responded and, you know, thanked me for liking his bits and all that, but definitely check him out. He's got really, really, really cool stuff. And obviously ships really fast, has really good customer service. It's a definitely cool company. He ships so fast. It's ridiculous. But yeah, man, that's kind of what I've been working on. And actually, after talking with you a little bit, I think I like completely changing up my list now. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing how non-competitive, I guess. Nah, it'd be fine, man. Don't don't worry <laughs> about my brain on that. I I can find holes, faults, whatever. I do the same thing with my list. I just it's not something you should stress over. It's all supposed to be fun in the end. Just you know, I get what you're like. You want it to be good you don't want like some obvious hole where somebody just gets smashed because that's not going to be fun for you or for your opponent it's just going to be like a one-sided game but when it's like you can't build a list that's you know good at everything it's almost impossible unless you're salamanders (laughs) nah i don't know about that they got their weaknesses too (laughs) so man what are you working on for the escalation league I'm doing a militia army. They're going to be like a Nurgle cult militia army. I'm going to go ab, ab human helot and tainted flesh, which I feel is pretty Nurgle. The idea is it's this world that was trying to stay neutral. Like the, the militias from this world is trying to stay neutral and the uh, Imperium's wanting them to join their side and Horus is wanting them to join his side and they don't want to join either side. So, but what happens is Horus sends envoys to try to convince them, and one of them is this weird, creepy, dirty, foul-smelling Davenite guy, and they can't figure out why this guy's, like, with the, like, entourage of these people coming to convince them. Like, why would you want this dirty, smelling, foul-looking, you know, shit-eater guy to come with you for this political envoy, and they can't figure it out? He so keeps, why he keeps asking us where our water supply is? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they uh, they show up and they're trying to convince them. And while they're there trying to convince them, the population starts getting, you know, really, really, really sick. But what's weird is nobody in the planetary governor's household or whatever is getting sick. So the population getting sick and seeing him not sick, it like makes them even more mad at him and you know he's trying to look for an answer to the problem and like save face and all that so next thing you know this political envoy decides they're like hey we we have a way that we can help you and your people and he's like he'd resist for as long as he can but he finally uh submits to that and uh it ends up you know dragging i got some more fluff but i'm not gonna go through it all it takes too long but Essentially, you guys get the point. He gets convinced by these guys to to do it their way to uh, save his people or whatever, and ends up dragging them down the path to ends up being an Urgle cult. Got him. Is that Got easy? Him. That easy. 
Plugs so, are so stupid. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm uh, I already had some like, this like 50 models that I took to Adepticon this year to run as a 500 point zone mortalis list. So my first stage is actually already done for the escalation. I'm just gonna rest. But pretty much everything after that, I'm going to have to build and paint to get the army all the way up to 3,000 points. So I think at final count, the army was like 230 models or 220 models, something like that. It's a lot of models. That's ridiculous. That's so much more than what I'm looking at. I have a lot of building and painting to do. And I ordered my planetary governor guy that's now... Uh, going to be all mutated by Nurgle. I was actually going to use the uh, Warhammer Fantasy model, Gut Rot Spume, and convert him all up to be my planetary overlord. But it's I ordered it, and they didn't send it. It was back-ordered, so I'm going to have to try to order it again this week to get, get one in. If they don't, If I don't get it this week, I'll have to take drastic measures and actually start calling local other local stores and maybe even go up to the actual games workshop store if they have one just buy one off the shelf yeah i'm kind of at this like weird point where like i have 500 points of mechanicum but it's not 500 points of what i would play it's kind of like stuff that i was like hey guys i'm starting mechanicum like give me what you got like and then like you start building a list and you're like oh i don't even know why i got all these thalaks i'll never <laughs> you know like, I'm, playing, <laughs> I'm playing cybernetica like this is not really but I can play five. I could play right now with what I got. I just don't want to. Like it's kind of weird. Like I know next Wednesday everything I have. Like I should get my Vorax in. I should get my my Domitars. Like just fun stuff. Uh, like not stuff that I'm gonna play at you know 500, but like a good portion of my list is sitting inside that order. So I can put stuff together now, and I like I am. It's just uh, you know, it's like man, I just gotta hold out. You know, I'm gonna have to be a week late. If, if if something bad happens and this like flood takes like the postage man away, then I'll uh I'll play with these my five hundred point non my actual list, but my only problem is like the list that I'm building towards is very, very different from my original five hundred points because the problem playing militia, if you combine militia with the actual zone mortalis rules, you only have like five things in the army list you can take out of the entire army list because you can't have any units of that are uh, 15 models or more or 16 models or more 15, 15 models or less is the unit cutoff for zone mortalis and everything in a militia army starts at 20, like all the basic stuff other than grenadiers. So you're locked into taking, you're locked into taking grenadiers as troops. And then almost all the heavy support stuff is artillery and tanks. So you can't take any of that. All the, fast attack other than sentinels or flyers. So you can't take any of those. So you really just have like your HQ, Ogrens, and Grenadiers is pretty much all you're allowed to take for at 500 points in zones. Insane. I, I always thought it was like if it's over 15, you break it up. Like it goes into different squads, but I could be thinking of... Uh, that was Adepticon allowed you to do that, but I believe rules is written in the actual zone rules. You're not allowed to take any unit more than 15 models and because the levies and the rifle section or whatever they're called the basic you know shipbirds with las guns they both start at 20 you can't take them. Guns. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you could take the heavy weapons, like, so you could take heavy weapons teams, but you're in zone mortalis, so they're kind of pointless. And then you can take Ogrens, you can take Grenadiers, you can take the uh, planetary commander guy, the force commander, and then the command platoon, the enforcers and medics. I believe that's and sentinels. That's that's all you. That's all your options right there. But when you're talking 500 points and already have to take troop units and whatever, uh, I just have like some grenadier squads and the command platoon, and that's it. Now, when I get to expand the army, I'll. That's the other thing. It's like, do you? Your force commander ends up being roughly 150 to 200 points because that's where you buy your uh, providences that affect your whole army. But when you figure you're only playing 500 points, you're spending 200 points on a model to give like 20 other models special rules. It's really not worth it. So I'm actually not even going to have my force commander at my 500 point level. They're just going to be basic guys with no upgrades. Now, once we hit a thousand point zone mortalis, I'll go ahead and throw him in because then I feel like I actually have enough models that benefit from it that it's worth it. I get it. Yeah, I'm actually looking at the rule right now. No unit may have a starting size greater than 15 models before being joined by an independent character. Right. Dang. So it's very limiting for militia and zone mortals. Gotta take them, them badasses. Man, that's crazy. Like, I always thought, like, I've always pictured in my head just, like, gibbering hordes, you know, like a, like just a hallway full of fucking zombies. Just like, yep. you know. It'd be pretty funny to take uh, big militia squads with all that, you know, with whatever. But because I w- that's the thing, like levies are only two points a guy. So, I mean, I was like, going to all flood the board with levies or whatever. Nope, can't do that. You got to end up taking Grenadiers is the only troops choice that you can fit with that rule. Poor militia. Just don't get to have any fun. <laughs> you got to take Sentinels and shit. So did you want to go ahead and, um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the global uh, campaign. Did you want to talk more about it or any has anything changed or any updates on it? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the way the, the campaign is where we're looking at right now, it looks like just kind of all around. Um, the OS 30K is in the works. It's still getting set up. We All the podcasts have made their own little area. Uh, really the only thing that I could ask right now is for you guys to kind of be patient with us. Uh, we are, we want it to be fun and it, it's gonna, it's not going to be as strict rules as, you know, like a, a GW event or anything like that. Um, it's just really the whole idea was to get new armies out there and to bring your friends in. You know, we, we have a lot of guys down here locally in, in another town that's about an hour away. We're kind of convincing them like, Hey, jump into this event if you're a 40k player uh this is a good way to get into 30k with uh you know not having a whole lot of investment you know a little bit of investment of time then everybody's kind of at your level uh it's it was never meant to be like this like massive like you have to do like there's there's not it's not it's not a i guess how do i put it uh a strict you know so if, the, if you're running into any problems and you're not finding any rules online that, that explain how to circumvent that problem, just kind of, you know, work with what you got. Like, you know, c- come out of it with uh, with an idea on your own. And, uh, you know, we're, it's, we're not going to chastise you for doing that. 
but right now we have a lot of rules that are coming out that we're trying to help with. Like I think just, I mean, it's, it's really as simple as, Hey, for the month of June, try and get a 500 point army together and get at least four games in. And if you, uh, can take pictures of that army and, uh, you know, say, this is what I'm working on. And ideally, you know, what you can do is take that army, you know, you, you've heard the fluff of our armies that we've come up with, write that fluff down put it on a, a, a the Aus30k wiki that way when people play you you know they know like damn like this is what's going on and then you can go ahead and update that wiki as you're you're playing you know make your own story make your own line so um i mean really it's just it, it, it's it's just a it's it's nothing strict about it it's just fun playing and i know there's you know once we get past kind of this uh this this rough stage where we're at right now, we're, we're trying, we're trying to get everybody on the same page. Uh, we're trying to make you guys missions. Uh, I mean, really it's zone mortalis is kind of be the, the most basic missions that you guys should be playing. Just get some zone mortalis games in at 500, but we want to have some custom missions for you guys at, uh, at the thousand point mark and anything above that. So we're working on missions right now. We're working on, you know, whole just like global effects, what's going to be going on, uh, within, within our own areas and stuff like that. But, uh, it, it's something it, we, we did kind of come off the cuff with it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, escalation league over the summer. Let's fucking do it. No, no, no breaks on this train. So we just, we hit it hard. We just came out, we announced it and we just kind of ran with it. Uh, and it's, it's, taken a lot of uh a lot of we, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback and we have a number of members on the on the actual um escalation league page which we'll have a link on the uh, the bottom uh so we, we have a number of people that were like you know super excited to start a 500 point army and just like come in so i don't think it's going to be hard to find somebody in your area to play a 500 point game and then later on once everything's kind of just like flatten out a little bit then you'll start getting a thousand, fifteen hundred, and it's going to be escalating every month. So, I mean, well, well me and my uh, local guys, we've never, I've never used the OS thirty K system, so this will be the first time using it. Um, the tonight is actually my club night. A couple guys have actually started trickling in. Um, whenever we get done doing this podcast, we're actually going to sit down and do all our armies together tonight. The guys that actually want to participate in here locally. So I'll be learning you know, right along with anybody else out there that's not done this before. This is my first go around as well. So um, I thought it would be fun to do that. Militia Army, it's something very different. I already have um, the three Marine Armies, and I had a bunch of these guys laying around that I was going to use in 40K, and then once I got out of 40K, they were kind of pointless. So figure we'll swap them all over to 30K and make a cool Militia Army out of it. But um, pretty excited. I should have my list and fluff and all that stuff uh, up on the OS 30K site by the end of the weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Dude, like honestly, like I would have never started a Mechanicum Army without this, uh, without this campaign, without this Escalation League. Like I, you know, I've always looked at Mechanicum. I always thought they had cool models, but I was always never really saw myself as a Mechanicum player. So this was just one of those opportunities. It was like, man, you know what? I'm going to try it out. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's def- definitely a good way to get into a new army you wouldn't normally play and try to get it done quickly. Or like you said, if you're playing 40K or 
some other miniatures game and you really just want to give 30k a try uh, it'd be pretty cool and the way i understand it you don't have to like pledge to do like all the way up to 3000 you can just pledge for a certain points level or whatever correct yep it'd be, be nice to you know get you up there but you know we understand and if you you're stuck at the 500 point mark and you just want to keep playing a bunch of Zomortalis game with your new 500 point army then just keep playing a bunch of 500 point Zomortalis games there's no reason you know I'm not going to lie, I, I can make it to the uh, 2,000. I don't think I'll have a problem there, but the jump from 2,000 to 3,000, when you're talking militia, two points a model, um, that's a lot of guys to get done in a month. I'm not sure if I'll uh, meet my goal, but I'm definitely going to give it the old college try and do what I can with it. But um, I got the 50 guys painted already, so... I'm going to have to try to paint, you know, roughly roughly 200 models in five months, which is a pretty tall task, especially because, like I said, I'm still working on my Blood Angels as well. But I'll try to get it done. I believe in you. I, <laughs> I believe in you. If, if anybody could do it, it's Mr. Ryan Kimmel. But, but, yeah, I'm also working on my Blood Angels right now as well, and I know it's going to suck because I have two separate orders in the post right now, one's going to be, that's going to come in first. It's going to be my, my blood angels, ironclads. And then immediately after that, it's going to be like domitars, four acts and like castle acts and that It's going to be all these like mechanical models. And I'm going to know which one's my first love. Like I'm going to know what I want to put together, but it's going to be a matter of, it's like, Nope, got responsibilities. Gotta. Have you built, have you built any mechanical models yet? Yeah, I've got six Dalax put together, and I'm actually pretty, putting one putting one together right now. Pretty fiddly, aren't they? Oh, so fiddly, man! Like not even like no joke. Like just the whole process. Like there's such little bits. When I first got them, I was like, "Man, what is this? This is obviously Flash." Nope, that's that's a piece of his body. A <laughs> lot different than building Marines. A lot different. Yeah, you got to have some either a heat gun or some sort of hot water nearby for all these like little tubes and stuff. Like it's 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 going to be interesting. I've got a paint scheme picked out, man. I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to use a lot of AK interactive, uh, rust streaks and streaking grime. So, I'm the good news is my paint scheme is going to be real simple on them because it's a very similar paint scheme that I did for my uh my Serastis Knights. And it's it's a it's a real like quick and easy paint scheme that I can go with. So I'm not so much worried about paint. I'm worried about putting them together. Well, my guys are going to be all brush painted. Believe it or not, the paint scheme I came up with uh, my guys is no airbrush. It's all brush painting. Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I used to only brush paint stuff. Actually, my very first army I ever uh, airbrushed was. I didn't start airbrushing until I started playing 30k. And I've airbrushed my Blood Angels, Word Bearers, and, and Salamanders. But I'm going to go back to brush painting for these guys just because the paint seems so simple. And I can't, there's so many of them. Um, and I don't have them all built. I don't want to set up my airbrush station, spray a couple, go back, build more guys, and all that. So it's just one of those things, just convenience for where I'm at in my life and with the other things I got going on. I'm just going to end up. Just brush paint them as I need to get guys painted. Are you going like a like? I've always because you're saying basically it's going to be like some 
it sounds like you're going to be going with like a horde army, like a, a horde Nurgle army. Yep. So, so there's not going to be a whole lot of, uh, I guess, uniformity to their paint scheme either. No, there is. Cause like I said, they're supposed to be like, they were, they're from a, like a war world type place that like was very desirable by Horus and the Imperium. So they have all kinds of technology and tanks and, you know, had really good soldiers and whatnot. They're just now, uh, you know, infested with Nurgle. So that, they're at a stage, like I imagine in this, like they're definitely dedicated to Nurgle, but they're not like where it's been so long that there's no uniformity yet. Like they still have their uniforms or whatever, but they're just now starting to like deteriorate and rust and look like crap. So they're still going to have, um, what I'm actually doing is they're going to look very much like the Varax guys from the Siege of Varax models. I'm, I'm using the, torsos from forge world for the trader guys but i'm using cadian legs and then the arms are a mix of the forge world arms and the just plastic cultist kit from games workshop i literally went through i have like a hundred cultists and i cut off all their arms <laughs> i'm using the arms from cultists so every model will be built from um, three or four kits and then i also found this place online called angry robot or something robot oh mad robot mad robot and they have some great um i've never used this stuff before um i'm gonna order some i haven't even ordered them yet i'll probably do it this weekend um it's called the lycan close combat arms they look kind of just like katachan arms or just like coldest arms but they have like auto pistols last pistols and then like weird chain weapons and stuff so i'm gonna mix those in as well so the idea is to have this giant, I should have like 150 or it's more than that. It's like 170 infantry models, but they're all going to look unique. Like each individual guy, there there won't be two of any one guy. Like you'll pick them up and they'll all look different. That's a, that's a tall order there, Mr. Kimmel. Nah, I can do it. Building models won't be the problem. It's getting them all painted. But as far as paint team goes, they're going to have like dark green fatigues. And then everything that, that that would be metal, like so like their gun, their armor and all that will look rusty, look like rust. So it's pretty much just green and rust is the paint scheme and then the you know, the leather uh on like leather straps, leather belt, belt buckles, stuff like that will be different colors. So it's something I feel like I can paint pretty quick. When I painted the ones for Adepticon, I could do I think I was doing like forty guys a week. So of the basic infantry, if I just dedicated my time to those, so I think I can knock the army out pretty quick. That's freaking great, dude. I, I can say nothing but good things about a uh, mad robot or yeah, mad robot. I, uh, um, I did Elysian drop troops. Well, I, I did the Elysian D 99 when I played 40 K and I ordered some, uh, Balkava heads from him and I ordered some, like, fatigue legs and all this stuff, and uh, there's a lot of things that I really, like, want that I ordered from him that I wanted my, my basically I wanted my army to look like some special forces kind of stuff, you know, kind of fit that D99 theme, and, man, dude, they're such good models. Like, I have nothing but good things to say about that that company. It's great. It's just... That's, that's definitely good to hear, because, like I said, it's Forge World just makes the one arm set, and then the Chaos Cultists, if you buy the ones with the close combat weapons, there's only 10 different arm sets for that. So with 
you're really only going to have, like I said, so many selections of arms. So throwing these in the mix gives me a lot more variety where I don't end up having the same weapon combinations on all my levies. Because I'm going to have a three, no, four 45-man squads of levies. So that's, what, 180 models, 180 levies at 3,000 points. So I'm hoping that each that every single guy looks slightly different. So proud of you. <laughs> That's why I said it's a very tall order to get done in five months, but I already have 50, roughly 50 of those guys done. So only 130 more to go. Plus my ogre, plus my tanks, plus my characters, plus my sentinels. <laughs> You're practically there, man. Yeah, almost there. I'm getting over the hump. No problem. So, so have you play tested any at all or like it other than the, the zone games with the uh at Adepticon, I played the three Adepticon games with that Zone Mortalis Army. Now granted that doesn't have the providences like we talked about, so I no no abhuman helot and no um uh the tainted flesh. So that's really, really gonna change the way that they play and should actually make them quite a bit better. But the army I mean, my army at 500 points is still 50 models, Zone Mortalis. It's pretty overwhelming. When I played at Adepticon, I think the next biggest army I played had like 15 guys in it. So I, I outnumbered almost everybody about 5 to 1. And how'd that work for you? I won all my games. Uh, one game I shouldn't have won against uh, uh, Brad. He had me dead to rights, and it was a mission where in zone mortalis you have to be touching the mission objective to score it and the mission objective was actually just a room that you had to move into and we uh he had already cleared a path on this particular part of the board where all he had to do is move in this room on the last turn but we rolled on the zone mortalis chart and we rolled up the thing where the entire board counts as difficult terrain oh, so he only needed to move i think three inches or maybe four inches, um, which obviously he would have just automatically normally been able to do in the movement phase. But because of what happened, because of rolling that up, he had to roll difficult terrain. So when he rolls his difficult terrain check, he rolled snake eyes or rolled, I think he rolled snake eyes. So he only goes an inch. And then when he rolls his run move, he only really rolled a one. <laughs> so he ended up one inch outside of the room that he needed to score on the last turn. And I ended up beating him by a point or something. But like I told him, like, I don't really care what those dice say. Like, we know that he won. Um, it, you know, it, it was a still a fun game, and it, it was cool that it came down that close. But it's one of those things, like, I know that he beat me. It was just some weird, wonky rolls that wouldn't normally happen. But it had nothing to do with tactics or anything like that on my part. <laughs> he had me dead to right. It's like, you know what? You seem like a great guy, but obviously karma has something against you. That's not my <laughs> fault. That's... <laughs> The dice you you didn't do enough praying to the dice gods, you know. I'm sorry. But luckily, that event, like the way they had it run at Adepticon, if you well, I don't think you played in it, but it didn't matter. You didn't even record win loss, so it wasn't a big deal. Like we just laughed about it and went on. But if it was a, to be a hundred percent honest, if that was an event that counted win loss and it would have meant the difference in, you know, him going into a different bracket or whatever, I would have just gave it to him. Like, to that wasn't a victory. I felt comfortable claiming under normal circumstance, but 
due to the fact that it didn't really matter, we just laughed about it and went on. Such a nice guy. What a good, <laughs> what a good guy. Yeah, I gotcha. That's that's pretty cool. You had a chance to actually like look it over. I'm kind of like scouring the internet right now for you know, there's people that play mecha- like pretty played Mechanicum, so like he's kind of got the the idea down, all that stuff, not to play, but. You know, I'm kind of like one of those researchers on my own, so I'm like been scouring, trying to figure out like who the fuck knows about Mechanicum, or like maybe you know there's some some people that talk tactics, but there's like so like I guess few Mechanicum players that there's not really like you like rundowns on the internet, or like there's like I can find like Salamander stuff, I can find like you know raven guard websites i can find anything but like mechanicum there's not a whole bunch of help out there so tim from i of horse i know they've done a couple episodes over there on the i of horse podcast where they talk about it a little bit um yeah that's that's really about it yeah i'm like super lucky that we're friends with him it's like i was i i sent tim a message the other day i was like hey dude like i need some mechanicum help he's like yeah no problem it's like all right cool when i get to that point where i need to start like hashing out like tactics and stuff i can tell you uh what i think is uh what what scares the hell out of me my buddy nick allies this in he takes there's one of the arc majoses out of the standard tag model list that always attacks gain armor bane it's like the ordinator i think okay is that the one do you know i'm not sure okay i think it's the or it's the it's, it's Okay, it's it's if you take the normal tag model list where you get to assign a roll to each of your Magoses, it's the one that he grants all of his attacks armor bane. But the thing is, you can give him a jetpack so that he's relentless and gets to move, fire, move, and then you can also give him a photon thruster, which is um, strength seven, AP two, two shots at forty-five inches of range. And then you can attach him to like just three Thalax that have Destructor, which have Tank Hunter, which confer. So then you have this stupid guy that essentially, no, the Photon Thruster, maybe it's only it's only Strength 6, but it doesn't matter because it's Lance. So it's Strength 6, Lance, Armor Bane with Tank Hunter, two shots at that point. And that guy's BS5. And you can also Mastercraft one weapon for five points, so you can Mastercraft it. So it's essentially like, it's the same math as getting shot from 45 inches away with two melt bombs a turn. That's nuts. Yeah. So you can, that guy can jump out from behind like some line of sight blocking terrain, shoot your Spartan or whatever, you know, with it's, it's strength six. It's going to count your armor as 12. It's strength six, getting two dice to try to pin armor 12 with a reroll from tank hunter. Um, and he gets two shots with one that hit on twos and he gets to reroll the hit with one of those. And then they could just jump right back behind that line of sight blocking terrain. So you can't shoot him back. So it's really, really irritating. I mean, why would I run that (laughs) right now? Who would would run such a competitive? (laughs) So my buddy Nick runs, he, he plays night Lords and he runs terror assault. So he has a lot of problems busting tanks with that army. Because you got to run the three terror squads that aren't good at killing tanks, and then Conrad Kurz, which also isn't good at killing tanks. So he actually needed it. So he took some Dark Mechanicum allies, and he runs that guy with some Thalax, and then he runs a couple uh, the tank with the Strength 9 Ordnance gun that shoots four times. Oh, the Krios? 
The Krios Venator. Yeah, he runs uh, a small squadron of those to be his anti-tank in his army. Man, dude. I'm going to have to learn. Like, see, you just don't find those old, like, tips and tricks everywhere. Yeah. Oh, also that guy comes with a bombardment that's Ordnance D3. It's Strength 8 AP3 Ordnance D3, I believe, but because it, it has Armor Bane as well. Because all of his attacks have Armor Bane. And then you can just give him a Power Fist, a generic Power Fist, and it gains Armor Bane because all his attacks have Armor Bane. Or you can give him a Paragon Blade with Armor Bane. It's, it's, the guy's pretty nasty just with everything gaining Armor Bane. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of fella. <laughs> I was, I was going to run him the whole time. What are you talking about? And then with the jetpack, it stays mobile, which I know me and you were talking about you're wanting to build a mobile list. Like that guy with a unit of like three Thanatar or whatever is pretty mobile. Or not Thanatar's, um, Thalax. Thalax. Yeah, I'm trying to keep the whole army mobile because we we're kind of talking about how if a Mechanicum unit gets stuck in combat, it's fucked. Like, that's just it. Like, sorry. No more, no more. <laughs> else. Even, okay, you were kind of saying even basic, even some, some basic fire drakes will just beat the fuck out of any Mechanicum unit out there. Yeah, I mean, fire drakes are pretty le- I Like, even just normal Cataphracty, like uh, a decent-sized unit of Cataphracty will kill most Mechanicum things in close combat just because they're durable with that four-up in-ball save, and most Mechanicum stuff has low weapon skill and low volume of attacks. So even if you have, like, a unit of three Domitars or something, that's just not a real high volume of attacks at a high weapon skill. So, you're, you know, you only kill you know, three, four Terminators, whatever, and then the other six swing back and can, you know, start killing whole models. And then once you lose a whole model, you're losing, you know, a third of your offensive output, and it'll slowly grind you down. That's a, you know, and I was thinking like how, I, in my head, I was thinking, man, dude, Domitars like, look like they kick ass. And then you start doing all the math and you start putting them together, like points for points, what they can do. And you're like, oh, man, poor Domitars. I mean, they're, they're definitely not bad. It's just, there's certain, and it really depends. It's, it's very much like a paper, rock, scissors thing. I mean, if your opponent isn't playing any close combat stuff and they're just relying on shooting, those guys are pretty hard to kill with shooting. So... It, it's just all matchup stuff. I mean, like I said, you're not going to be able to build a bulletproof. This list will beat all other lists type thing. Um, and I like building all comers type list and making them where they have as few holes as possible. But you're always going to have weaknesses, which is what makes the game fun. I mean, if, that's why 40k isn't a lot of fun right now because there's certain armies and certain builds that are at such a high power level with so few holes and so few ways to deal with them that that's all you see when you go to any type of tournament or event. And then even when you just try to play for fun, it, I mean, even like, it's really hard. Like I played Eldar in 40 K and I couldn't even write a list with the new codex that didn't just like smash all my friends if they were, we were just trying to play for fun. And I was trying to build something like not very good and it was just too hard like it was challenging to build something bad that's how retarded that book is it's kind of the same thing with necrons and tower right now Ugh. yeah there's not really an army list like that in 30k which kind of makes it much nicer right but it kind of seems like uh 
uh, Mechanicum are like the fifth edition Tau. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's like yeah, kind of like. I mean, they definitely have more close combat than that. They just don't have a like I said, they don't have like a super elite close combat unit like. Galvorback or Firedrix or Justarin or something like that. That's that they don't have that element, which obviously not even all Marine Legions have that element. But, um, you know, you can take a Primarch and put it even with, you know, basic Cataphrag. I guess what I'm saying is I don't really even feel like Mechanicum have something that's like on, as far as Assault, even on the level as far as when you combine points efficiency with offensive output and assault, they don't even really have anything on the level of just a basic cataphractic terminator. The closest thing are probably the um, close combat phalanx guys, whatever those dudes are called. Ursax. Ursarax. Ursarax. But they're, they're pretty points heavy. Um, that's the thing. Like they have the same output as like a offensive output as like a castle or a, a, a cataphract terminator, but you're paying almost twice the points than you would for a Terminator. I don't know, man. So that kind of brings me down to what what I should run, and I think I kind of figured out that just stay the fuck out of combat. Yeah, just stay mobile enough to not go into combat. <laughs> so, But yeah, man, that, that is what I'm working on right now for the, the campaign. Once again, seeing everybody kind of put their armies in, like I've been watching some of the some of the posts online uh, for the the on the actual Facebook page. Man, I've been seeing so much cool shit that people have, like thrown together in like a week, and I think to myself, like, how the hell is there not more thirty k players? Like, it's so easy to put five hundred points together. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm super excited for for what we got going down. Yeah, it should be really fun. For sure. Do you have any concerns besides the, like, it kind of seems like a, maybe the only big concern would be the OS 30K, trying to figure out how to learn it and all that jazz, which it's it's not too difficult at all. It's just basically a big Wikipedia page. Trying to paint but, 200 models in five months while also painting a Blood Angel army while also building terrain for an event. Woo! It'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only concern. But, yeah, like you said, trying to learn the OS 30K site and whatever i'm a luddite when it comes to technology i'm so bad at it i don't know why i'm so bad at it but i am like we were joking i was like i'll play because i was saying well i'll try to do this and you were giving me shit about the word try and so were the other podcast guys and i was like you guys don't understand like i'll play all the 30k build all the 30k talk all the 30k you want but when you throw a computer in the mix (laughs) it muddies the waters for me at least how did you mess this up so bad? It's you just making a list on the computer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh well, you'll get it, dude. I'm not worried about you. If anybody yeah, if out I can, there, if I can figure it out, then anyone can figure it out. So uh, the, the true test will be this weekend when I try to put my list on there. So if I end up with a list on there and everything's functioning, there's no excuse for any of you other people out there to do the same thing. Guys, and if you're out there and you're not really sure how to uh, run the OS 30K or you have some questions for us, don't hesitate to uh, to let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and help you out, man. It's not a problem. There's so many friendly people on there. so Just go to Michael's reason. house and knock on his door. His address. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd be good. 
So, absolutely, we'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> we'll go and take care of you. We'll, we'll all find it. We'll work together to find a way. So, but that's all I have to say about that campaign. I mean, really, I'm I'm glad to see that all the other podcasts. Uh, I mean, we we planned it with all the other podcasts. I just love seeing that, like you know, all the all the fans from those podcasts have gotten together and kind of worked it out. Um, so man, it's gonna be super cool, man. Like you got I Horus, you got the Varangian Heresy, Northern Heresy, CZ Initiative, Loaded Dice, Loaded Dice, Age of Darkness, Age of Darkness. They're all in there. It's so good. You're just gonna like. I'm just ready to get some games in. Like personally, like I feel like we need. Like I want to talk about games, like the games I play and the things I've learned. But I feel like this this episode of you know Raid for Istvan is gonna be a little bit dry because we're busy working on stuff. And I can only tell you how many candles I've glued on to a castle axe. So gotta get. Some oh, also, on. we forgot to do new releases. You want to go ahead and do new releases? Uh, yeah, sure. We can do new releases. So, and we're done. <laughs> that's it. Done. Well, I mean, you can get yourself a Warhammer email for it, or how you feel about that? Definitely. Don't you want to be Ryan Kimmel at Warhammer dot email? Uh, not, for, <laughs> not for like twenty dollars a year or whatever it is. Um, I sent that to you because once again, I'm bad at computers. But even being bad at computers, I read that and was dumbstruck at how ridiculous it was that. They were trying to charge money for that, and I sent it to you to make sure my feelings were correct and I wasn't missing anything. And we quickly decided that we're pretty sure that Phil Dumpty works for Games Workshop, and that's his new invention. <laughs> so, guys, if you didn't know, and you know, maybe this this something interests you. I don't I don't know. Like I I didn't see any value in it on my end. Uh, but if you're a Games Workshop super fan and you want to have a warhammer email you can go to warhammer.email in your browser and you can set up for 20 ground or gbp what is that uh it's pounds i think it's 10 10 british pounds a year or maybe 15 a year something like yeah that. It, it's, 19, it's roughly 20 american yeah like 20 20 american will get you a warhammer email so it'll, I mean, actually it won't get you, you have to have an existing email set up already. And then what they'll do is anything that goes to that domain and that email will get forwarded to your additional email. So honestly, somewhere in there, there could be some email forwarding service that, that this could be possibly Games Workshop wanting as much email from you as they can get. But, you know, who knows? Because it's just a forwarding service and they, they could set up a domain and capture that email which I hope they don't, but we'll uh, move over Gmail. Yeah, so well, you're gonna have to have a Gmail to 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 use the forwarding service. I don't know, guys. It's it's real weird. Uh, it's it's it, it's if you're a super fan and you want that email, go for it. Uh, if you're not a super fan, then then sorry, guys. We really don't have any releases for you. Uh, or, or like Michael said, like explain to them like how you could just like reverse it. And just get your own forwarding service for free. Yeah, so uh, we own the Warhammer 30K domain. And really, you can go buy any domain that's available right now. I mean, uh, and you could probably, I mean, I know we own like Horace Heresy News and like 30K News. We own so many domains uh, just just so that we can use them later on. 
Uh, but like, I know what is it like horusheresy.org, like horusheresy.net, uh, warhammer30k.org. Like, all these domains are available that you can go buy for $12 a year <laughs> and set up your own. <laughs> your own forwarding service for those emails through Google domains. So really you could be, you know, Ryan at <laughs> warhammer.org. You know, you could be Ryan at warhammer warhammer40k.net. There's just so many. I mean, you could be warhammer email at ryan.net. You could do anything you want. Like I don't It's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, hey, I'm pretty sure some IT director was like, "Hey, Mr. CEO, I had this idea we can make some more money. And CEO's like, more money, you say? Well, let's get it going. Get get that web team get together. They haven't done shit for a while. Oh, I was just so baffled. So baffled. Yeah, man, I I don't know. And I see why they can't give you like warhammer.com. Because, like, I think they actually use Warhammer.com for their actual, like, uh, their employees and stuff like that. So they don't want you to look like an employee. They, so they got to gotta keep you down, got to keep the man down. <laughs> so they got to give you Warhammer.email. It's just, a, it's just weird all around. Like, I'm not sure what the, what the benefit of, is it, of it is, but I guess. I, I still say it's basically just a, a GoFundMe at for Games Workshop. So if you just want to give them money for nothing, sign up for that. Go get it. Then you can go give people, like, and then on top of that, like, then you have to give that email out. Then people know that you paid for that email. Like, every like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, you Maybe know. that's it. Maybe it's a status thing. I'm so baller in the Warhammer community, I can wipe my ass with $20 and have this email. <laughs> Could you? Oh, man, I was just th- trying to think about, like, if somebody gave me the, yeah just, just pop me an email man it's uh it's michael at warhammer.email and i would just look at them like oh yeah that's uh that's how you roll okay lose, lose my number I, th- I thought we were gonna be friends but uh okay <laughs> that's my fault so so yeah that came out um forge world released their uh titan builder Titan Builder. I was a little bit disappointed with that, man. I was. I actually made a comic on that. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, uh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. Kind of felt like uh, it's like yeah, I get it. Y'all are busy with uh with uh Warhammer or Open Day, but uh, you know, maybe we're just spoiled, you know. Yep. Maybe that's maybe that's like because because Forge World is usually so on point with releasing models every week. And I think it's, we're just kind of like spoiled with that. I'm ready so, for that new red book for Militia. They had that at the thing. I, I'm still waiting for that. The last couple red books that they've had at a convention, they were released almost immediately online. And this one seems like Warhammer Fest was a couple weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for it to drop officially where we can order it. Yeah, I think they're going to probably hold out till Warhammer Day. Because Age of Darkness took a while too, remember? It seemed like it wasn't that long. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm just like so anxious to get my hands on it that it feels like it's taken forever. Yeah, I want to say that one was like two months, to be honest with you. Hmm. It was, it was it. a minute. So, 
but yeah. So I mean, nothing really got released. You can go edit a Titan. You can go see what one looks like with two of those giant claws. Um, it's pretty much. I mean, dude, it's it's really, it's been it's been a dry couple weeks. It's like they 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 done took a break. So I don't know. Yep. Are you scratching your neck, saying you got any more of that horse heresy? That's exactly what I'm doing, man. Like, <laughs> come, come on, man. Let me release that Macedon. Uh, so, like I said, man, it's gonna be, it's kind of a dry episode this week. Uh, we got that list coming up for you guys, so do a full rundown on that. Uh, if y'all have any questions or concerns for us, man, uh, y'all can definitely go ahead and hit us up on. Uh, the Forgotten Legion 30K at gmail.com. Uh, definitely go to our Facebook or, or the the Facebook will lead you to the South Texas uh, Horace Heresy 30K uh, Facebook page where there's just constant conversation going down on you know people's work in progress. There's people's uh, news updates, everything like that. I mean, it's just a massive living facebook page that y'all should go check out if y'all haven't already um but if you have any questions for us y'all can email us michael at warhammer30k.com ryan at warhammer30k.com or chris at warhammer30k.com and uh we will reach back out to you guys send us any lists y'all have send us any questions any concerns uh we'll definitely go over that for you um that's all i have for the first half of this show man do you have anything else to add in i have nothing else to add in Nothing else. So, guys, if you want to hang out, listen to some music, and at the end of the music, you will listen to us review Jason's list. Appreciate it, guys. Later.
And what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the second half of the show. We actually have a list for you that we're going to be going over. Uh, it's actually going to be an Armored Spearhead list. Uh, from what I could tell, it looks like it was actually submitted by our buddy Jason that we met over at Adepticon. Uh, looking it over, it looks like it's also going to be a 2,000-point Blood Angels list. And it uh, does look like he really does like his Land Raider Phobos. So... See how that works. Yeah, it looks like he he says down here at the bottom that he is trying to move it over from 40k. So it might just be that that's just the models he has right now. Um, at least that's kind of what it sounds like. So he said that he has uh, he's trying to move from the 30k port or 40k to 30k port. So it sounds yep. like he has a got a, land, a lot of land raiders to throw around. He said he's not sure whether to go Death Blossom or Siege Claw Leviathan, so he said, what would Angron do? Well, I got a question for him. Who gives a fuck about Angron? You're playing Blood Angels. It's what would the angel do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what would Sanguinius do? Who cares, who cares what that retard wants to do? <laughs> Angron would actually be offended that one of his legionnaires is in a Leviathan. Sanguinius put some uh, nipple assault cannons on there, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> all right so let's go after over the actual list itself so first thing we got on the list we got a 155 point praetor in artifice armor with iron halo paragon blade and iron halo so yeah uh blade of perdition instead of paragon blade it is in my opinion better uh rules wise it's fluffier and it's also five points cheaper and that's the d3 wounds is that right or no, it, uh, every wound you inflict counts as two, and they each have to be saved individually. Uh, so if I hit it. you four times, if I hit you four times and inflict three wounds, it would count as six wounds, and you would have to make six saves. Yeah. And it's AP2 at initiative. That's so much better. Very good. So definitely Blade of Perdition instead of the Paragon Blade. What's the difference points Five wise? points cheaper. Yeah, so... Yeah, Blade of Perdition's 20 points, Paragon Blade's 25. So, Blade of Perdition would be the first thing you change on that one. It's, uh, I guess, just mathematically, it just makes more sense. Yep. Uh, second thing on the list is going to be his troop choices, and actually, it looks like both troop choices are going to be... The, these next two troop choices are going to be exactly the same. Uh, it is a tax squad with 10 Marines, extra close combat weapons, Vexilla... Sergeant has Artificer Armor, a Power Fist, 
and Melt-A-Bombs, and they're all mounted up in a Land Raider Phobos with Armored Ceramite. Yeah, and he can take that as a dedicated transport because of the Armored Spearhead right of War. Yeah, the cool thing, I mean, I like Land Raider Phobos uh, just for the Assault Ramp, and uh, I mean, just the model, the MK2B models are beautiful. I love those models. Um, But I guess tactically, do you do you see anything wrong here? I mean, it's well, like a, two last the, cannons. The only change, I mean, if he wants to run the Land Raider, like I said, I'm not a giant fan. I like, I like you said, I really, really like the model. Um, they really underperform on the tabletop, which he admits. He says that the Land Raiders are fairly weak, but I'm having fun with them. So that's fine. I mean, he obviously wants to run them, which is cool. But as far as the squad itself goes, he's got a power fist and melt bombs on the guy. That those kind of do the same job. Um, I think I would swap the this for an axe because with the Blood Angel tactics, you roll, uh, you add plus one to your wound roll anyway. So with a power axe, you're still going to be wounding on twos with AP two, and then with the melt bombs, you're still going to hit vehicles. But switching to the axe will save you points, and it also get, grants you an extra attack because then you'll count as having two close combat weapons as opposed to the fist uh, being a specialty weapon. Yeah, that's actually a really good good idea there, especially if you're going to be taking the melt bombs in the first place. It would do the role of that power fist if you're against vehicles, and the power axe does the role for everything else. So, yeah, good call. Yeah. And it's like I said, it saves you a few points, which will be important when we get down to the Leviathan there in a minute. I gotcha. So. so next thing on the list is going to be 515 points for nine veteran Marines with Tank Hunter, Vexilla, and melt bombs a sergeant with Artificer armor and power fist mounted in a Land Raider Phobos with armored ceramite. Hmm. So this is an interesting little group here. Uh, I got tank hunters, and I guess they're going to use the tank hunters with that melt bombs Guarantee that they're going to rape a tank? That's what it looks um, like. Yeah, I think I would swap that out for Sniper, personally. It makes those uh, guys way more versatile. Um, where they, they're going to be a lot better at killing infantry. Uh, you can wound high-toughness things like uh, quad mortars, uh, rapier batteries, Castellex robots, uh, any of the high-toughness mechanicum things, while also if you shoot them at Terminators or anything with a really high armor save, uh, with Sniper on a roll of a six, you would be go to AP2, so you'll be able to remove those. And because they're still armed with bolt pistol, chainsword, on top of having the sniper, they're still going to be good in close combat. And I don't feel like with that many melt bombs, because his Praetor has to go with this unit too. That's why he's only taken nine. So he's going to have 10 melt bombs in the squad. I just really don't feel like you need Tank Hunter. You're going to be fine without Tank Hunter. Your sniper would be a much bigger benefit. And then once again, I personally would swap the fist for the axe to save some points for the same reasons above in the uh, tactical squad. What do you think, Michael? Yeah, no, that would absolutely make sense. Uh, if anything, if you're going to be taking Sniper, you could even look at taking some Flamers with the unit, or uh, really, the if you're going to go for if you're going for Sniper, then you're going to set this unit up for uh, dual purpose because I mean, it looks like really the only things in the list that are, I mean, we got the Leviathan coming up, which is good at I mean, the way you have it loaded out is gonna be good for taking out tanks, but it looks like you're trying to get a dual use out of everything with the melt bombs. And so giving this unit tank hunters and dropping that off really 
I mean, you're still using the melt bombs to attack the tank, but on top of that, you're also giving it sniper is going to make it good at something else, which is already, instead of giving it like double good at something like hunting tanks, you make it really good. So you just make it kind of good. And then you make it, you know, also good at killing infantry with the sniper ability. So you can switch over to either, you know, flamers or, and even, even a fury of the legion with, with a sniper is going to be great. Well, they can't um, fury. Only normal tactical Marines get fury, but I mean, oh, just, rapid, never mind. Just, just rapid firing. I mean, it's still good. Um, sniper is just so good the way it works because you always like the always wounding on that four plus value, unless you would wound on something better. There's a ton of things out there that are, you know, tough five or higher. So it's just a huge benefit to always make sure you're going to get wounds on something. And then the, you know, some of the wounds becoming AP two. I just, like I said, I just don't understand tank hunter. You're, you're going to clamp 10 melt bombs on something that are strength eight armor vein. You just, that are AP one. Uh, you just really don't need tank hunter. So here's an interesting thing that I was kind of looking at with you. So on all three land raider Phobos, he's got armored ceramite. Okay. Yeah. So is, is, is armored ceramite something that you take on your land raider? I mean, I know for 250 points, you, you want to protect it in any way that you can. Um, in this particular list, I would just because I think armored ceramite's 20 or 25 points. Even if he dropped all that, it's only going to give him 75 points. In a 30k legion list, I mean that's only so, going to net you. You could take a javelin, you could take a single land speeder, you could take two attack bikes. I mean, there's really not a lot you could take with that. So I understand him putting the ceramite on there to protect his expensive land raider investment. So. Well, well, here's something that I've, I've I've thought about. So with the amount of quad mortars you see running around, right? Right. And the amount of, you know graviton or you know anything like that I, well i guess what mainly i'm thinking about is graviton and the amount of uh difficult uh difficult terrain tests that people could throw at you which would be you know for a vehicle and if any of these land raiders went got immobilized because they don't have the uh dozer blades right that's definitely something but i mean he could get those like i personally would just drop I'm not a huge Vexilla fan. I mean, not that it's bad, but typically when you're failing a leadership check, it's because you've lost close combat by like a bunch. So it's like if you lose by four and you're checking on leadership four, I mean, the odds of you rolling four or less, even with the reroll, aren't great. So, I mean, that's like usually the first upgrade I would get rid of. So if he's wanting to put Dozer Blades on there, he could easily drop some of those Vexillas to get Dozer Blade if he wanted to. I've always like, Whenever I run like massive like transports lists like this, because especially with only three three units in transports, if one third like of the, your army like hinges on the dice roll of you going over like a small wall, you know, is that that I, I could feel that you would want the reroll for that versus you know like a Vexilla or something. Right, so I maybe, that's, I'm with you there. I'm 100. percent He should probably put dozer blades on those tanks. It's something I didn't think of, but you brought up a good point. That's a lot of running for some space marines. So much running. Yeah, and especially with something because they're only five points a piece, he could easily just drop the two Vexillas off the basic tack guys and just throw on some dozer blades. You know, I've always like. Um, Whenever I'm moving through difficult terrain and I have to roll for uh, for my dangerous terrain chest or you know my, my difficult terrain check, I always like 
pivot my tank to look like like whichever way would make sense if it got immobilized that's the way i move into the terrain just in case so if it becomes this shit ass like gun platform then like at least i could still use it for it's like dual last cannons which right so so if you decide not to use some uh if you decide not to throw some dozer blades on there just keep that in mind because you'll still have a gun platform (laughs) so so ah, there's that. And so next thing on the list is going to be a Leviathan with uh, two siege drills, armored ceramite in a drop pod. So, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. I know okay, how you so, feel about those so, two siege yeah. drills. So first off, even if you want to go pure close combat, so let's say he wants to stick with that and go pure close combat, at least run one claw and one drill. Because they're both specialist weapons, both close combat weapons, you're still going to get the bonus attack. It doesn't matter that they don't have to be the exact same weapon as long as you have the two weapons. And if you run the drill and the claw, you can choose which one you're going to use based on the target you're fighting. Because if you're fighting something with a toughness characteristic with wounds, you're going to want the claw. And if you're fighting something with that's an armor value, you're going to want the drill. So it's kind of a waste of five points to throw a second drill on there when you're better. You're more versatile with one of each and it actually saves you points. Now, like we were talking about uh, a while back, that this two siege drills, it does look very cool. So if it's just an aesthetic thing, I get it. But tabletop-wise, even if you do want to go with this loadout, you're better off with a claw and a drill as opposed to two claws. Now, I personally would change the loadout of this Leviathan to have uh, two chest assault cannons, uh, one storm cannon arm, one siege claw arm and one phosphex discharger and um the difference in those points if he if he did the changes that we talked about uh taking the blade of perdition and changing the three power fists to axes um that gives him enough points to run this loadout because his list was only 1995 so he had five points free anyway so just by changing the to axes and the blade of perdition it nets him enough points to run the Leviathan with the two chest assault cannons, one storm cannon, one siege claw, one phosphex discharger, which makes this thing way more versatile. So when it comes into that drop pod, it has a lot of guns to shoot, um, and but it still maintains the ability to wreck things in close combat. So what do you think about that? I'm all about the Leviathan Dread coming out of the drop pod and just unloading everything. Uh, so, you know, I'm a big fan of the Phosphex Discharger, big fan of the Storm, uh, the Storm Cannon. Of course, you know, I like the, the Death Blossoms. I think he, you know, he, he's considered the Death Blossom, but I mean, even in my new Blood Angels list, I have a, uh, Grab Bombard and Siege Drill model just to get the best to both worlds, especially if you're going to be deep striking in. Um, and for... For somebody who has a lot of uh, a lot of lot invested in your Marines getting there, I could see where you're gonna want to dig your your Leviathan into some close combat. So, but get, giving it both the ability to shoot out of the dro- the drop pod and to charge into something and still rape face is a really good idea. So that's how I feel about it. I yeah. mean, because his he's got a low model count list. Um, and as far as his ranged anti-tank goes, all he really has is the, uh, what would that be, six twin-link glass cannons off the Land Raiders, and that's it. So by putting these other guns on the Dreadnought, it does 
you know, give him a little bit more ranged anti-tank with the storm cannon and the two assault cannons and then the single melt the gun and the claw. I just feel like that's a much better, much better loadout. And it, like I said, he doesn't really have to drop anything in the list other than the fist for axes and the, the blade, which I also think are improvements. So just by making those little changes, it's going to improve his list, but it still keeps the exact same list that he was wanting to run. And then, like we said, you can also get rid of a couple Vexillas and put Dozer Blades on those Land Raiders just to for some insurance so you don't get stuck in your backfield with, you know, 500 points worth of models. God, for real. Yeah, especially with your poor Leviathan holding down the line while you're getting there. He's just hopefully dug in combat. Hopefully he makes it to combat. Yeah, but. well, I mean, he's got the Dreadnought drop pod, so... You know, we come in, he'll probably, you'll want to camp in that drop pod for the turn that it comes in. It'll give you, see, that's the other thing. With the Dreadnought drop pod, you're going to want to camp in, and if you use the close combat version, all you're going to do is shoot two melt guns out of it. Or if you use this other version. you're going to be, yeah, and you're going to be, want to, like, be real aggressive to where you place that drop pod. Right, where if you you use this other version, you have a lot, on the turn it comes in, it can inflict a lot more damage. Yeah, so when you, when you bring that bad boy in, put it hopefully in front of somebody, so that they can't like you, you want to not like not allow them to move back because they got the table edge right there. So you basically want to put it right in front of them. So if they do try and drive around you, you'll still get that charge on them and still be able to jump into combat. You just got to yeah. be real aggressive with that. Don't uh, play. Play further away from the board, then closer to the board. So you can the other that. nice thing about yeah. a dreadnought drop pod is if they kill it while your dreadnought's in there, you can assess what like so. Say they shot half their anti tank stuff just to kill the drop pod, because the dreadnought was in the drop pod and not actually placed. When you remove the drop pod from the table and actually place the dreadnought where the drop pod used to be, because it's now destroyed, you can place the dreadnought facing any direction you want. So make sure you and face it where its front armor is facing towards the models that they haven't fired yet, if possible. Yeah. And that's like the ideal situation as well is for them to blow up the drop pod because that basically gives you a free move. Like you get the free, like, it, I mean, well, if it explodes and in- you kind of, yeah, you get three inches to move out of it. Yeah. So you get this like little bump and then you get to get that little bump wherever you expect to charge and they're not moving anymore. So your next turn, He's full blast, headlong, juggernaut style, charging into something. Yep, for sure. And make sure it's a squishy unit that you can get in close combat tied up with. Not a, don't go raping a tank. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. When you kill a tank, you don't get any consolidates. You got to be, when you, it's actually funny because if you charge a vehicle, when you charge a model and put it into base to base, if you think about it, it doesn't state in the rules which direction you have to face the model. So theoretically, you could charge a Dreadnought at a tank and put its, turn it around backwards where it's actually facing away and still fight the tank in close combat, to my knowledge. And that's kind of important because if you kill the tank, you don't get to consolidate for killing a vehicle. So whenever you place your Dreadnought in base-to-base contact, make sure you turn to face it considering like that you might kill the tank and you want to always make sure that whatever the strong armor facing is, is facing potential targets 
if you kill the tank, if they're going to shoot at you the next round. Does that make sense, Michael? Oh, no, absolutely. And I, I know it seems like we're going a lot into, like, how to play your Leviathan, but realistically, you're going to have to play that Leviathan right to, like, so it'll survive. Right. Uh, well, especially, good. I was just saying, he, he's got such a low model count and so many expensive things. He's, like, Land Raiders, like I said, they're a pretty subpar unit, and by running three of those, he's really... In a lot of ways, he's handcuffed himself to this model that definitely looks cool and is fluffy, and he says he's having fun with. But you're you're gonna you're basically kind of spotting your opponent points. I guess I'll put it that way. So, in a lot of times, you're gonna have to play your ass off to remain competitive against certain other lists. So, you're really gonna have to like find every little tactic you can utilize to uh, make sure this thing, uh, this list, is viable and you know, fun to play with and you don't get rolled all the time, um, you know, depending on your skill level, your opponent's skill level, what kind of list they're running. But um, it's just good little tactics to learn how to, you know, to to utilize certain things to get the most out of them. I've always liked the idea of the, like, multiple Phobos is running up. Like, I have written a list for my roommate that was, like, multiple Phobos, multiple Proteus, like, Spartans, just, like, AV14 all around, but just Last Cannon City. And I've always liked the idea of like them all just like toasting one specific unit a turn, just like that's, you know, just brr, 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 like just like a chorus of last cannon, but, but yeah. So this uh, look, I mean, looks fun. Just uh, your Leviathan, like you got a lot riding on that Leviathan before they. I mean, it's such a, I guess such a, uh, like a distraction unit but it's so many points invested in that distraction unit where you could do something very similar for a lot less points, like some land speeders or, you know, something, but you know, Hey, I get it. Yeah. You already got the model. Right. And I mean, this so, list does look like it'd be fun to play and it would look very cool on the tabletop. I mean, the, like we said, if you have, um, these are Mark two B land Raiders and you really, uh, decorated the infantry guys with a lot of the upgrade kits from Forge World, and you had that Leviathan all modeled up, it would definitely be a cool-looking army on a display board. Some beautiful red. Just some glorious red. Good <laughs> pop. So, Ryan, you actually wrote him a secondary list that you would consider that uses 90% of his models, right? Yeah, it uses a lot of the same models, but I feel like uh, it's... Because he's already like I said, sort of sacrificing some points uh, by running land raiders, which are probably a little points heavy for what they do. Um, he's also taking tactical Marines, which aren't necessarily bad, but they're just kind of, they're almost like attacks to get to the rest of your army. Like most people just run your basic requirement of tacticals just so you can start taking other things. When you're run, only running 2000 points and you're using that many points to just put tactical marines and land raiders on the table you're not left with very much stuff to enhance the list to make it um you know where it can fulfill the roles that it needs to fulfill in order to be somewhat competitive so i tried to mitigate a little bit of that while still keeping the spirit of what he's trying to do with this new list let's hear it so so the new list is the Praetor is essentially the exact same as his, um, except with the Blade of Perdition instead of the Paragon Blade. So it's 
150 point Praetor, uh, Artificer Armor, Blade of Perdition, uh, Iron Halo, Melt Bombs. But instead of taking Armored Spearhead for his Master of the Legion, um, I took uh, Pride of the Legion. And the reason I did that is because Armored Spearhead allows you to take Land Raiders as dedicated transports, but he, it's not like he took a, because it's only 2,000 points, he only took three Land Raiders. So I didn't feel like he has this giant quantity of Land Raiders where you really have to worry about taking them as dedicated transports. I mean, he could still just take them as heavy support and still get just as many, which we'll get to here in a minute. So instead of running Armored Spearhead, switch to uh, um, Pride of the Legion. So then for his troops, he could take uh, Legion Veteran Tacticals instead of Normal Tacticals. So I have first first two troop choices, uh, 10 uh, Legion Veterans. They all have Melt-A-Bombs. Two of the basic guys in the squad have Power Axes. And then they took uh, veteran. their veteran skill as Sniper. And that's a 245-point unit, and this list has two of them in it. So that's going to be way better and more versatile than the original just two basic tactical squads that he had. And the two tactical squads that he had originally, he bought the extra close combat weapons for and put all those upgrades on the sergeant. And by the time you do that, they're almost the same points cost as these veterans, but these veterans are still going to have more attacks. And with the sniper rule and the extra power axes in the unit and melt the bombs on every guy, they're way, way more versatile for their points. So that's the route I went there for the two compulsory choices. So then for the third troop choice, it's a uh, tactical support squad with nine, with nine guys in it, and all nine guys just keep the flamer that the tactical support squads uh, come with. So this will be a really good like anti-infantry unit. Um, and because they're assault weapons, you can, you can come out, lay all those flamer templates down, when you come out of your transport and then still assault right afterwards, which is really good. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. He, I was say easier said than done. Like a nine flame line. It's a little, a little hard to get lined up. You're going to get a couple that aren't going to get to do it, but yeah. You, yeah. But still, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. But, I mean, the flamers are free and I mean, you're just, I mean, you take, you know, he had the points to take the guys. So the, the main reason you take them in a big squad though, is for, uh, defensive abilities because if somebody assaults you, you don't actually have to put the, t the flamer templates down. You just get to hit them with D3 hits per flamer guy that are standing there with your wall of death. So it also so makes good. it, yeah, it's really good. It makes this unit really, really hard with assault. It's really uh, defensive, but it's really not that hard to get a line of flamers because when you, when he disembarks out of a vehicle, you get six inches of movement um, and you can disembark out of any door and, um, they're going to be coming out of a Land Raider or a Storm Eagle. We'll get to those here in a minute. And they have doors on the side and the front. So you could actually make like kind of a nice rainbow shape with them. And depending on how they're <laughs> set up, you should still be able to get quite a few flamer hits. Uh, I've gotten pretty good at it. I run, I, I play Salamanders and I play uh, two of these really big flamer squads in drop pods. And uh, they're pretty effective. So my experience with running that at, uh, even though these guys aren't going to have the benefits from salamanders, I'm telling you, uh, shooting somebody with nine flamer templates is really good. And then the fact that, uh, so let's go on with the rest of the list and we can kind of jump back to why I chose flamers. So 
for fast attack, um, I switched one of the Land Raiders out from his original list for a Storm Eagle. And the Storm Eagle has uh, two Twin Link Laz Cannons on the wings, a Twin Link Multi-Melt in the nose, and then the Missile Launcher on the back. So this thing is uh, 265 points, which is five points cheaper than one of his Land Raiders. So it's not, I mean, they're basically the same points as the Land Raider. But I went with this Storm Eagle because it gives him an anti-air element, which he was lacking in the other list. And this Storm Eagle actually, because it's a flyer, it can shoot four guns and still move its full move or whatever. So it actually puts more firepower in the list. Um, plus it breaks the list up a little bit where it doesn't look as spammy and it'll give it another dimension. So like when you set it up on a display board or you took it to an event to like get judged for painting or whatever, it's just another cool model to have and adds another element to the list for people to ooh and all over if you, you know, paint it up nice. Um, then for heavy support, I put uh, his two Land Raider, two of his three Land Raiders that he had in the other list, exactly the same. They're Land, uh, Land Raider uh, Phobos with Armored Ceramite. Two of those is heavy support. And then um, for the third heavy support choice, it's his Leviathan Dreadnought, but it's armed with uh, Siege Claw with Melt-A-Gun built-in, Storm Cannon, uh, two chest-mounted assault cannons, uh, Phosphex Discharger, Armored Ceramite, and it's in a Dreadnought drop pod. But going back to the Flamer guys, um, you'll be able to put, you can mix and match however you want to do it. You could, because the, the the transports aren't dedicated, so you could from game to game decide who to put in the Storm Eagle. But all three of these vehicles still have an assault ramp. So you'll be able to come out with either your veterans or your Flamer guys and um, shoot somebody up and then assault right afterwards. So that's why I like the Flamer option, because it is an assault weapon. Um, yeah, and I really also, like that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I also like the fact that they're not dedicated transports. So if you like, let's say you play against a Raven Guard player one turn, you got people infiltrated up as close as they can to you. So you throw that Flamer Squad into the uh, into the Land Raider of this game, or maybe you know it's it it really makes a big difference to to be that maneuverable with your your transports. Right, and then. Um... The other nice thing, if he if he's really set on running the three Land Raiders, like he just absolutely doesn't like the idea of the Storm Eagle, the list that I just went through and wrote for him is only uh, 1995 points, so there's five extra points. And as I stated before, the Storm Eagle is exactly five points cheaper than a Land Raider. So because in 30K you could take Land Raiders and squadrons, he could just get rid of the Storm Eagle and increase the squadron size of one of the two heavy support Land Raiders to two and still have three Land Raiders if he wants. Um, the only drawback would be that two of them would be squadron up, which isn't, it's not a huge, huge drawback. Sometimes it's an advantage because if you get stunned, uh, it goes to shaken. Um, the only drawback is, you know, if you, because you're in a squadron, if for whatever reason, somebody makes it into base to base with one and clamps a bunch of melted bombs on it, that obviously the extra damage will carry over, uh, to the other one. And you're also going to have to stay within six inches of each other when you move around. But that's just something... Um, I just came up with this list. It's not exactly something I would run, but it's, I was just trying to keep it in the same, you know, vein as his other list, pretty similar to the, to what he had to keep it in the spirit of what he was trying to do. But at the same time, trying to give him some ideas on, you know, ways to, to stick with that theme and still, you know, make it a little bit better on the tabletop, I guess. A little bit more competitive, same theme, kept the fluff. Just uh, just gave it a little bump, made them the best they could be. Right, and plus, like I said, I think with that Storm Eagle in there, it'll look 
for whatever like just running because if you look at his original list it's like three similar looking squads in three of the exact same tank with one dreadnought just breaking it up a little by putting that flyer in there um when you put the model the models on the table um like on a on your display board for like paint judging or whatever it just it breaks it up a little bit more you understand what i'm saying like it it'll just look cooler um you can paint that storm eagle up as a centerpiece model they're they look beautiful when you get them uh painted up and they're pretty fun to play with i i really like mine it's it's also like storm eagles aren't the most competitive thing either but they are pretty fun to play uh, i use them all the time with my salamanders yeah do it do it get a storm eagle it's <laughs> worth it it's a flying land raider just with yeah. weaker armor yeah but it uh, the fact that it's a flyer you know obviously adds defensive capabilities to it and then it has the jink save as well yeah more survivable yep so man that's a good list i would definitely definitely try that out if i at least once if i had all those models and <laughs> was playing a very similar list so hopefully jason that works out for you man um let us know, man. Let us, uh, if you try it out or if you make any changes, I, I'd really want to know how your Leviathan does being the only guy up there. So if you could like send us an email back or anything like that, let us know how it's running. That'd be fantastic. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, if you decide to try out Ryan's list or try out, you know, some of Ryan's changes, let us know, let us know how they did for you. Um, you know, our email, obviously it's how you got the list to us. Uh, anybody else out there, if you, you know, want to get your list reviewed or want to get your list looked over don't hesitate to send it into us we kind of like to see the different metas in different areas so you know seeing how people are running their list is pretty awesome to us you can send that to uh ryan at warhammer30k.com michael at warhammer30k.com chris at warhammer30k.com or if you just want to you know get it to everybody uh the forgotten legion 30k at gmail.com send it in we'll look over your list and uh we'll give what feedback we can um i don't know man that's that's pretty much we that's pretty much the whole episode isn't it i don't think we got anything else no i think that's it all right guys so i guess we'll go ahead and close out this this episode of uh, radio free Van. go check out uh some of the other podcasts that we're friends with uh i horse podcast the varangian heresy northern heresy age of darkness the CZ Initiative podcast, the Wolfkin podcast. Did I miss anybody? Loaded Dice, right? Uh, loaded Loaded Dice podcast. Man, I always, man, Loaded Dice podcast. And uh, if you need some commission painting, go check out Scattershot Painting. Um, that's going to be it, guys. Hopefully we see you guys on Wednesday for the uh, live webcast at warhammer30k.com. Uh, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can go to forgottenlegion30k.com and check us out. Appreciate you guys listening. Yep. Everything Thanks, else, guys. Ryan? You have... Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right, guys. We have a good one. See y'all later. Enjoy Take some uh, some sweet sounds and music from Lavin's Fate.